<laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Real Happy Hour Podcast. My name is Ola and it's been a while since we've been recording and I've got two amazing guests on the show today. <laughs> After you, Pauline. I muted myself because uh, <laughs> I thought Belinda would go first. Hi, I'm Pauline Nigeria and I am an actor and a filmmaker and I also co-host uh, another podcast called Let's React. Amazing. Thanks for being here. Belinda? Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, I am friend of Pauline. Um, we actually met each other acting, so yeah, I'm an actor as well. <laughs> well, technically, Pauline was drumming, but still. Uh, I do lots of different things. I don't like to label or box myself in, but I think the one, the label that I would choose would be being an artist, but instantly I'm also a scientist, so you know, <laughs> ultimately I just have lots of interest, like to play, like to follow the things that that interest me and keep me alive and passionate. Nice, nice. It's really, really great to have you both here. So both of you are actors. Um, can you just briefly tell me about your journey, how that's going to be a recent experience and something about what's going on so far. Um, Pauline? <laughs> yeah, Pauline, you start every time now, Pauline, you're the first to go. Oh, man. Um, well, Oh, where do I start? Like, um, I think I'll just go back a few years only. <laughs> but no, um, in terms of like uh, my journey, yeah, that's basically what it's like. Well, what you're asking, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be your journey this year, so it's not too deep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Ooh, um, I hate going first. But um, yeah, but in terms of my journey or at the moment or what I'm doing now is basically trying to understand filmmaking and know more about it uh, so, so that I can be able to create uh, my own stuff um, and uh, make films and not worry about oh no you're not the right cast for this because I'm casting it myself <laughs> but um, yeah in essence that's what kind of where I'm in terms of my journey, that's where I am at the moment. I still do acting as well, uh, but I'm trying to be more on the creative side so I'm able to more confident in creating my own stuff. Yeah. Okay. Awesome, Pauline. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, so my journey in acting, have you got five hours? <laughs> oh. So, okay, yeah. So my journey of acting, interestingly, began when I was very young and began when I was seven years old. I wanted to be a doctor from the age of three and then an actor from the age of seven. So that's actually what I'm doing, the two of them together. And at some point I was keeping acting predominantly as a hobby, but then I thought, okay, let me go and do an acting master's. Uh, so that I can go professional. So I went to Arts Ed and I did the one year there to convert, you know, I had my medical degree already. And that gave me the birthing <laughs> into the acting industry because I got an agent, I got on Spotlight and I started meeting people and working with different people. 
and I've been through a few agents now. My current one is fantastic. I signed with them just before the pandemic and I'm getting loads of auditions. I feel like they understand me and my casting and where, where I want to go. And uh, this week, for example, I have had eight auditions, <laughs> which is a lot, especially when you have a full-time medical job as well. Um, but I'm just very thankful. And like Pauline, I like to do other things as well. I like to, we've made a short film together, in fact. I like to do some writing. I'm writing a play. Um, I write poetry. Yeah, I... I'm just very interested in people and connecting with people and our stories and acting is a fantastic way in which I can I can do that and truly connect. Amazing. Sounds really, really good, Pauline and Belinda. It's great to have you both here with your vast experience in the industry and you know the, the, just the journey, the future that this journey holds. And it's exciting to have you both and um, oh, thank you. Really excited thank to you. be here. Yeah, definitely. I like this. this the, whole, the whole goal of this podcast really is to network with you know actors, writers, producers, directors, and then have a network of people that you know if you're doing something, just there's that network here and you can just reach and and yeah. So I'm I'm happy to have you both join the network. So yeah. Today, the show really is the real happy hour podcast and we do films and TV shows, you know, we have the happy hour connoting, we have drinks today, I've got a gin and tonic on the screen here, everyone's got a drink with them, just just connote the happiness. Coffee. <laughs> just hydrated with water, wake. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about a specific movie, which I stumbled on. I went to the cinema randomly with, with um, a friend of mine, and actually we didn't go to the cinema. We went to a mall, and we didn't really know what to do. We said, let's go watch a movie. And a week before, I I had the podcast, and um, I asked for them to sort of list the movies to watch or something like that. And then they just mentioned past fives. And so... Mm. That was always in my head. I knew nothing about the movie. I didn't Google it. I knew nothing. And so we go to the cinema and we didn't know what to watch. But that was the only one that available at that time, Past Lives. And we started to watch it and my mind was blown. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow. Because I don't really go to watch foreign movies. I'm not really... I mean, I watch a series. But like a foreign foreign language movie, not really... Um, Considering Nollywood, a lot of Nollywood typically is foreign language, really. So <laughs> you would think I would watch more considering about the that, but it was just Yes, it is. <laughs> so I came out of the cinema like overwhelmed. Wow. The cinematography. So, what do you think about Past Lives? Yeah, I totally agree with you. The cinematography was incredible. And all I knew going into it was that it was a South Korean film or like there was that element to it. I do watch world cinema and I was very open to it. But the reason why I went to see this was because so many of my actor friends who I see and work with regularly were recommending it. And we like to work and perform in a similar way. So I figure we have similar tastes. We like truthful acting 
that really connects with you and that isn't like a sort of stereotypical trite story and yeah it did not disappoint it had it felt really profound to me and I felt like it resonated as well you know having those moments where you think to yourself like with my best friend for example I sometimes think that or I like to think that we meet each other in every life um so seeing this story it actually makes me emotional (laughs) but it does you know like imagine if it's true and if we've all just come from this exploding cloud of of dust or you know whether whether god's at the core or whatever what energy is at the core if we've all come from one and we're just working our way back to each other like it's it's magical and yeah and I just love the fact that it wasn't it didn't have a sort of Hollywood ending it was a very real ending yes yes and you look yeah Pauline what what did you think before I start going into it oh yeah sorry I was uh, (laughs) I just I was fidgeting and I didn't want to you know uh but um no I, I actually the way I got to know about it was because um, having to, like, wanting to make films, I've been watching a few directors and writers who, whose work or whose stuff is trend not trending per se, but whose stuff is coming up and then seeing how they make a film, how they um, write it, how they came to make it in spite of the story or what the essence of the story is. And I've always loved world cinema, especially um, Asian cinema, because it's interesting how they tell stories. It's quite different to how the rest of the world does. And realising that a lot of their stories seem to be infiltrated into Hollywood, which are then turned into Hollywood film remakes and stuff like that. So Lost Lives for me, I guess it was more about um, hearing this idea that drama the the idea of drama in cinema is kind of dying out because people want to focus on action movies due to the whole marvel thing so i only kind of knew of the making of it so it was until we were doing uh let's react and belinda and um our guests that we had on lisa Gazi were talking about it that i was like oh maybe i should actually fully watch it i was gonna watch it but i was gonna wait for it to watch it at home because I um I I have kids and sometimes it's hard for me to go and <laughs> do stuff and so um so I actually then decided to just go to uh, online uh, on Amazon on streaming service and then just um yeah watched it. that's how I watched it and yeah and I I actually really loved it and I get you know the whole story of like the thing of past lives as well the storyline in itself there was um this writer called andy uh wire he wrote this short story called the egg and it's about our lives and how we live so many lives and every time we're like reincarnated and reincarnated but we don't remember these past lives that's why we have moments of deja vu but it's just that moment that we've lived or maybe we were kind of person this kind of person and so I've always loved that fascination of what if yeah we have met in life and we're meant to be to meet someone or meant to be with someone 
Um, but in this life, we're not, you know. So, yeah, that's how I kind of got into the story. And I thought, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful movie. We both referenced the idea of sort of reincarnation and past lives and all of that. It's really interesting how that really is the the sort of underlying um, theme of sort of our connection to each other, extending the current timeline that we live in. And I really do believe, like, it's funny how, like, I feel like art, um, art, life imitates art, and we're really going to this place where a lot of the content we're seeing is about, you know, timelines, past lives. Yeah. There has to be a lot of truth to it. And that's one of the beauty in art is that, is that it almost in a way manifests reality and or it just probably awakens the collective to the reality of life. And mm-hmm. I just think that's one of the things that this movie sort of touched on in terms of our connection with the current life we're living and past lives of future. And There's a word in Korean, inyon. It means providence. Or fate. Do you believe in that? That's just something Koreans say to seduce someone. Um, yeah, so um, amazing movie. So let me just quickly do a quick synopsis of Past Lives. Okay. Um, so Past Lives is a 2023 American romantic drama film written and directed by Celine Song in her feature directorial debut. Wow, that is amazing. Um, The film follows the relationship between two childhood friends over the course of 24 years as they contemplate their relationship when they grow apart to have different lives. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so let's talk about the characters now. Um, So starring Greta Lee and T... Okay, I'm going to mess up that, so I'm going to say... I'm not going to even watch his name. Well, what do you think about the characters? I mean, the two, the two leads, and um, and they're joining in, in the movie. Pauline, you're looking at the pronunciation, yeah? Good, great. <laughs> I think it's important because we would want yeah. them to do that for us, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not well. Paul, Paul, Pauline, Naki. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, John Magaru, uh, Tio Yu, and uh, Greta Lee are the lead actors. Uh, no worries. So, what do we think about the characters? Go for it, Pauline. I'm looking for the spellings too, whilst you. <laughs> yeah, whilst you talk. sure. Um, yeah, so I thought, like, in terms of when you think of, um, I guess for me, the first thing I went to was just thinking about the how moving from one place to another, the transition of how the characters change, like, who they are in a way to where they're going. So I think it's like the family of, um, uh well nora or uh uh Nas, um na what was her name 
But you know, Nora basically, her family. Yeah, the yeah. Latino lead. Yeah, the lead. Yeah, so basically, she plays Nora, but the Korean yeah. name that she has is basically um, she changes if the family changes their Korean names to more English sounding names, and it just kind of like reminded me of. I know um, quite a few like uh, friends from parts of East Asia who have done that, and just it's just the sounding of it. What sounds right? What's more comfortable for someone? And then not having to explain. Oh yeah, this is my name, and this is how I spell it. And then that idea of changing your identity in a way, because that's the start of changing kind of your identity. So that kind of I felt that kind of like revolved a character like a carousel so just kind of changed it from this person as a child and that transitioned into this uh young woman who's moved abroad and like you would say westernized in a way um yeah but I loved her character I loved I really did and I thought that the the actor was really good I thought as a um in terms of writing it you know the softness of her the feeling of that and still wanting to connect to your, where you are from but still also remembering to try and stay connected to your present was really nice and I really enjoyed that so much about Nora yeah I know what you mean um it's such a familiar story isn't it the changing of names to fit the society you're in in her case in the story she seemed really sort of excited for it but there was that really beautiful moment where he asked her w what he should call her, or like if he could use her former name. Yeah. And it just made me sort of think about what impact your name has on your feeling of who you are and your identity. Uh, if you go by another name, do you lose part of yourself? If you, if you, if you, yeah, if you don't use your original name I don't know I don't know the answer to that but I find it quite interesting but in terms of their characters I loved it because Nora was very uh feisty go-getter always <laughs> wanting the best you know Nobel Prize yeah and then whatever prize it was Pulitzer Prize it's like constantly evolving always wanting yeah wanting greatness for herself and I can totally identify with that myself you know I've had <laughs> uh, previously had at times had like a BAFTA or an Oscar on my phone as a screen save saver just whoosh. because Manifest. why not why not <laughs> exactly aim high. so I, I felt like I could identify a lot with Nora uh, with Jung less so but he was super romantic and dedicated and they obviously had a connection. And I love that he had the courage to book a flight and try, because if you don't try, you'll never know. And at least having been there and seen that, okay, yes, she chooses her current partner and seems to be happy. <laughs> That's a big question-ish. I feel like the way it ends, it's sort of, makes us question do we think it's over because i kind of it was a bit too unrealistic because if i was in that situation i would 
I wouldn't stay in this marriage. <laughs> this ah. I would be like, it's the love of your life. You need to go be with the love of your life. I cannot, I cannot be in the way of this. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than us. See, I'm I'm on the fence about that only because her husband was so nice. He was so kind and so tolerant. And yes, okay, so it wasn't this magical secret connection that crosses the world, um, but it was something real and it was someone who was going to be loving and supportive to her. And I think she does love him. Uh, so, and do you know what, like, I think the relationship that you don't have can often be romanticized. So yes, there's a spark, there's magic. This is someone that you've known since childhood who you've just got this feeling with, like there's a belonging and there's a sense of home that comes with them as well. However, you've, if you've not had an adult relationship with that person there in the flesh, you don't really know, you know, maybe actually the fact that intellectually it looked like they were on different levels that that might have gotten in the way of their, their relationship. At least her partner intellectually gets her. So that's going to stimulate her sparking mind and he's going to understand when she's out there trying to do anything to get the career, to get to the level that she wants, whereas her um Jung may not Jung might be like what are you doing like what about me so yeah and he probably would at some point expect her to maybe not go so hard at work maybe just relax at home and you know he probably feels like he's attained so much already and they'll be like you've done all of this like you're so good you're such a good getter you can relax now but uh, Nora seems like she wants more and her partner someone who would support that yes exactly the connection between her and joe um um a partner is who she needs in terms of the progression of her life yeah yeah, and it's funny how you also mentioned shedding of identity because nora had to shed part of her in on the journey to becoming who she wants to be but has the guy joe (laughs) i'm putting his name apologize he sort of remained in that sense of a um, traditional South Korean man. You know, he did the army, you know, he's got the white collar job, you know, it's that whole archetype that is him. So um, it just shows the contrast in their lives. Like, you know, he's, but there's also, is there also a question for both of you is the shedding of her identity into becoming, so she's an immigrant. Is that, is that a good thing? Do we need to shed parts of our identity in order to sort of attain what we desire in the world, in the Western world? Um, sorry, <laughs> I had to mute myself because uh, my kids just decided to run in uh, or shout. Um, but no, um, I don't think that, I think for me what I got from that was that you don't really have to. It's, I guess, learning to embrace the two the two parts of yourself and realizing that that's who you were once and that has kind of made kind of shaped your ideas of life your uh understanding of everything that's happening in your life and so um being able to keep that and still be able to live the present life that you are living kind of makes it 
still makes you the same person and so having that essence of not really losing yourself but keeping parts of you because it's okay to want that I think that's what I got from the film that it's okay to want to have this different thing whether it's from your past and the present and then having someone like you know her partner who was very you know like even Ed his what we're all thinking say what exactly we're all thinking about what is she going to do what is her choice and I think then at the end it's her realizing that because she didn't know either how she really felt until that moment until it all happened like she must have imagined what it could have been like but it's still okay to be upset about it. It's still okay to mm. acknowledge that than trying to act like it doesn't really matter because then that's also diminishing their relationship with um, when they were little and that chemistry that they still had with each other. So I think it's just her learning to accept that and being okay with that or not okay with it, but being ups- physically and openly upset with it, uh, you know, with that feeling, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an interesting question that you ask, though. Do we need to shed our, as immigrants or as um, the generation, the offspring of immigrants, do we need to shed a part of ourselves to thrive in the society in which we live? I think that is a very interesting question. And I see a lot of people doing that. And I find it sad. I think it's tricky. For me, I hope that every element of me actually just enhances the stories that I can tell, enhances my way of showing up in the world. But having said that, there are things, there are games that we play. We do play the system in order to in order to get to certain positions where we're more able to live our truth. I'll just give you a very quick example of me doing that a little bit. It was when I was doing interviews for medical school. I had a an amazing female consultant who was a surgeon, a breast surgeon, and she said to me, um, "You should, you should put some for your interviews. Put some sort of makeup on and try and look sort of older." And also to talk a bit posher, because my accent's London. I don't know what my accent is now, by the way. <laughs> I think my accent was more London. <laughs> but now it's been warped, I've got no idea. Um, and she said that, and it felt, it was coming from a good place. She wasn't saying to me, your accent's rubbish. But she, with her knowledge and knowing what it took for her as a woman to get to be a surgeon especially um, like, cause she was, I don't know, maybe about 60. And so she would have been going into the medical world when sexism was even more rife and there were far fewer women. So she battled a lot. So when she was telling me it, it wasn't to say your identity isn't enough or isn't right. It was more to say, this is how you get those people on board. This is how you get yourself into that position that you want to get into. So I do remember being more mindful of how I was talking and pronunciating my words uh, <laughs> for the interviews. But I haven't really thought about it subsequently. But I do I do know when sometimes I'll put on a little bit of... 
I'll speak the lingo of wherever it is that I need to be. Mm. So like in a medical world, I might just the way I talk will be in a way in which I know people will be receptive to and listen to and will carry some authority. But ultimately, I do feel like I'm true to myself. And, and as I say, having now been to drama school and <laughs> and been to UCL, which has a lot of public school people, I'm a bit of a chameleon anyway, so I, I don't know what my accent is. <laughs> it will be a mixture of everything I've encountered. And is it different to childhood me? Yes, definitely. But do I feel like I'm putting something on? No. And I do feel like I'm able to express what's in my heart with the voice that I have. And I do like my voice. So, yeah. <laughs> I think this is interesting because both of you have a podcast called Let's React. And you sort of talk about your journeys like in this in this atmosphere, culture, or just, you know, finding that just your journey towards your career and all that and documenting your experiences and that. And so it's interesting because the, the conversation I was about, you know, having to shed uh, parts of us to sort of attain what we want, what we want in terms of a career. And I think every industry has that. So if you're sort of um, an ethnic minority, uh, you sort of have that element of having to sort of um, perform or become what is expected of you, you know, that's to just, you know, climb up the ladder and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's like even um actually when you say that when uh um yeah i'm one yeah i, I am an uh i i am i migrated or immigrated migrated what's the difference but um i wasn't running away from anything it's just more like i moved to this country when i was a teenager and yeah i, I have to say yeah when i was doing when i was in, uh, doing my a levels i I had an accent. I was aware that I had an accent, and so when um, when uh, when someone would be saying something, and I'd say it, if they'll be, oh, you, where are you from? Da 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 da. But then I said when I went to uh, did drama at uni, and then I said doing more acting work and more stuff like that, interacting with more people in the theatre or in you know in making stuff. I started change my I think my accent started changing I don't know when it happened but I remember speaking to a friend of mine who just went oh you sound different I was like oh what do you mean I sound different oh you you sound more more English <laughs> and I was like oh really and I then didn't realize until I thought I thought I was just talking normally but I never realized when I switched uh mm-hmm. but then I just started doing it more often in a way that I said becoming more aware of it and realizing when I was doing it, because when I'm when I've been speaking to my mom, I I sound so Ugandan <laughs> um, after like a, a short while, and then I'm back to myself again. So um, this is more or less not my standard accent, but yeah, <laughs> it is it's true. But I guess it's not realizing that you're doing it. I think it's different if you're doing it on purpose to compare to your and unsure or unaware that you're doing it there's also those parts of it those aspects of it where sometimes you're forced to be adapt or have to adapt to your situation like Belinda was saying being advised to maybe change you know do this and that and sometimes not being able to even being so used to being in that environment that you don't realize that you're changing if that makes sense as well yeah that makes sense um like even in terms of like changing and, and, and 
and moving. I feel like our generation, we saw the the use of technology, the introduction of technology, social media, and you know, virtual connections. We are the we're part of the group that sort of experienced it the most. I feel like between twenty five to 30, 37, 38. I feel like that age group, we we really experienced the change in technology in that sense, and this movie also sort of shows how technology was a way of connecting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as an immigrant, someone who grew up in Nigeria, you know, I'm talking about myself, I feel like that story is something a lot of us can relate to because when I moved out, that was the way we were connecting with each other, virtual conversations. And it's beautiful that this movie touched on that because not a lot of movies touch on that connection, childhood connections. Mm. I I literally had a similar experience to what they had, but not as intense, like just like a child. Wow. Yeah, like a song from my high school, from the first year of high school to the last year, then we go our separate ways, and then social media, we connect by us, you know, virtual. And I'm sure this is, a lot of us do this, and so I, I was excited that this movie touched on that, because it's very real. Yeah, big up oh. MSN, <laughs> Yahoo yeah. Messenger, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the sound of Skype, you know, the do, 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 do. <laughs> when it yeah. came on, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, no I, 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 I know what it means. Like I had that similar thing where you, you were, cause I came in as a teenager and there was, yeah, people you connected with, you, there was those connections and then, you know, again, like you're, family make your parents make that decision for you to stay here and I was very upset about it actually but at the same time it's like how to make new connections new friends new everything um and then reconnecting with those people in your past um and yeah I mean I don't know if mine was as intense as that yeah. but it almost did it almost yeah. was but then realizing that that was in the past and then just wow accepting that because it's like one of you has to sacrifice something and it's like you're forcing the other person to sacrifice something that they it's not fair to have someone mm-hmm. else sacrifice their life and stuff and yeah trying to make it work but at the same time you're like you don't know if it's going to work and then you just become that thing where you're just like, what do you want? What do you really plan on doing? Is it realistic? Because you're still also in that bubble as well. And when you're stuck in that bubble, you forget about everything else. And then reality slowly starts hitting in when people say, asking, oh, you know, because it's the whole thing of the, like the long distance relationship or whatever. Um but yeah, but having to realize that you just have to let go, and I think that's the hardest bit, letting go, but knowing that you're not doing it to be selfish. Because I, you know, think it wasn't selfish because it was like you need to live your life because it's not going to change in a way. You're still young, you're still figuring things out yourself, um, and if it's meant to be, it'll be. But if it isn't. So you're Isn't. talking about romance rather than friendship? A bit of in, both. In that it was sense. a mix. Yeah, it was a yeah. mix of that exact, like how the film is. It's that mix of 
where you are friends you grew up together you went to school together like everything like you went to church your parents knew each other you talked all the time and then realizing you know oh okay I'm staying here oh by the way yeah cool um and thinking that it could work or hoping it could work but then it doesn't so yeah, that friendship becomes more than that but then realizing it's not going to work so yeah that's interesting because but, you know mm. I you know I grew up in London um but I can still identify with it with what you're saying I think because I don't know a bit of me sometimes feels like some friends are meant to only really be there for a part of your life for some reason sometimes you grow grow apart and it's not even that you've particularly changed necessarily it's just that I don't know what it is but you've had you have these intense periods where that person might have been your best friend for many years and suddenly here you are and you never see them anymore or you might yeah. sudden you might get a meeting in like like you said on Facebook or whatever or and you're back in touch and you're like okay let's meet and you meet but that intense period is over and something's gone and maybe it's because it could never live up to that intensity of the period that it's almost sadder to stay in in touch and I don't know what it is but I find it very interesting yeah yeah it's like you have to choose it's like also what you it's, it's a weird one you can't really base what it is or what happens or what changes about your dynamic uh in that relationship and then going um did we grow apart what's different what yeah um I guess that's what um, Nora is trying to figure out, I suppose, because when her husband asks her, would you leave me? Oh, you know what I mean? It's that thing of what would she do? Um, but then at the same time, it's that thing of she doesn't know either. Like she generally says, I don't know. And so it's just letting it work out and figure it out like she thinks it's just come for a holiday but then she's like you were right actually <laughs> for me um and just going oh okay okay so that's happened right um I don't know I just okay let's just do you want to meet you know it's yeah it's just yeah do you know what I admired um, about Nora mm. it was how honest she was with her partner she that is not easy to say <laughs> the thing mm-hmm. she was saying to him you know that direct upfront honesty I mean it's aspirational mm. I would love to I would hope that I could be that honest but it's like risky stuff maybe it's because she knew that he's such a good listener and so understanding and supportive that he wasn't going to flip out and like leave when she's not mm. even sure what it is that she's thinking but I think yeah. so many people would not have said yeah, I was I was really scared for him because I thought her her honesty was coming from a place of discard. Like I thought she was just being brutally like <laughs> honest in a way that this is gonna be bad for you. So <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. She was very yeah, she's very, very different kind of honesty and openness in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I thought that was part of her character in a way because she was very open and honest. Even just thinking about her relationship with her family, her mom, like when they were talking, she just bluntly say whatever she was thinking. So I think that's always that was part of her character. And I think 
you know, it could be also why he loved her. And that's why they could op openly have these conversations because um, their relationship was all about that. If it thing is just being uh, honest. Um, yeah. Oh. And then in terms of, yeah, <laughs> in terms of the, the storytelling and how it would jump through time, like you started from like 24 years, it started at 24 years in present and then it went back 24 years in the past and then 12 years and then the present. Like that storytelling in itself was confusing for me at first. Like I was a bit, yeah, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? And the way the movie even sets up the story, yeah. I don't know if you remember the first five minutes where there's someone sort of looking in. It's like a voyeuristic style of sort of looking into these people when they're having a conversation about what do you think is going on with their lives? And and <laughs> I was really thinking like, oh, okay, like this Asian couple last together and he's probably like their guide or something. And mm. that's how they set up the movie. For, that for was beautiful. And, and so all through the movie, I was rooting for them like, oh, yeah, they definitely just because of the first five minutes <laughs> the first five minutes were a good setup weren't they yeah because it's like that hollywood thing that's what's gonna happen but who are they and then that look she gives when she looks straight down and then it starts it's just yeah that was beautiful yeah yeah and i've done that before as well where you're guessing what someone's story is <laughs> yeah that is yeah. it's quite fun yeah. i've done yeah <laughs> um yeah. actually i i i do i did get a feel for the story but like you say the chemistry and the magic is immediately apparent as soon as you see the two of them in the bar and the sort of bored despondent looking hubby like yeah but i did know what the relationships were or i thought i did anyway uh yeah, yeah. how like the, her husband learns the language didn't he mm -hmm. but i don't think he was aware but even if she was or wasn't aware, like they were in the bar and they almost they they just created like a world. It was they were just so engrossed with each other, having this conversation. And and he was just there. And so I just mm -hmm. I just like, wow, this is this is intense. This is a crazy movie of, of love and, and love love. <laughs> love yeah. And also yeah. like how we've been in the movie. Um the, when the two men are seated with each other, they go, this could also be our engine. I think that's mm. the word, where you know, mm. they could also have a past life and this is yeah. their, their experience of this current life. And it's just really beautiful. It's really yeah. Beautiful, really. And I like that that shot. It started off with facing them and then it just ended with the, the backs. It's like that transition. Uh, for me, my brain just went, oh, like, past and then it's like switched around like they just suddenly she's gone and there we're just saying like we're in their past and then this is now like they're the future in a way when they're talking i don't know but that, that was me just reading so much in the technicality of the film but nice. i yeah. thought that shot was quite beautiful in that sense because I, I saw it twice the second time around um there was some part in the movie in the very first 30 minutes where the, the way it was shot and um it was meant to echo that um um the childhood male friend joe he's somewhat stuck in the past yeah is focused on the future yeah and, you know, 
at the end of the day, even though he, he goes through relationships, he's still hung up on Nora. Mm, like Nora totally. Is, and, and yeah, it, it just yeah. follows on. I'm going yeah. off what you just said. It's all exemplified by that shot where they're at the corner. It was beautiful, right? And she's walking up the stairs and he's going this way, but he's looking sort of like looking looking towards her. Hope, you know, kind of like bye, but she's storming off ahead. So just like mm-hmm. what you said, he's sort of like stuck there, kind of wanting, willing. And like visually, she's kind of like edging away upwards, advancing mm-hmm. upwards. Mm-hmm. which is exactly what she's doing in life, really. Yeah. On her way up. <laughs> yeah. I love the technical bits. It's always like, see what you did there. <laughs> environment really did inspire her passion because her parents were also in the arts. So there's that, the effect of the environment that sort of affected her and propelled on, inspired her to be such a focused um, dreamer. Yeah. Any observations you'd like to throw in? Yeah, I think like in uh, in terms of what just going off what you just said, uh, her parents being artists gave her that. I feel like it gave her that openness. I don't quite remember what her what his parents did for a living, but that moment when they're having breakfast, you can just see it's not as relaxed. It's not. It's quite intense. His dad is just focused on whatever he's doing. Whereas with Nora's family, when they would sit down, and mom's like, oh, so who's the boy like? You know, it was more like a, that was very open or open with each other or honest with each other. I think that's what she was, that's how she, it felt like she was raised. And so the way her family was, and then going into this new life and being open to that new life as well. Whereas for him, you know, asking her, why did you leave? Like, why did you, like, she was a little kid when she left. She just, <laughs> she just yeah, left. Yeah. Um, and so that bit of him, like you said, he's stuck in the past, but at the same time, like his kind of family, because remember his mom saying to um, Nora's mom, like, you know, but you're doing well, your life is good here. Why do you want to leave this life? You know? So he's he's grown up. I don't think he grew up with that same openness, that same vibes of the family being able to being allowed, or not even allowed, but probably just being able to express yourself. And seeing their families, yeah, the parents is quite different in the way they raise their kids. So um, I think they're more traditional, while Nora's more progressive. Yeah. Yeah, how that contract, can... yeah, they were still able to form a, a friendship with that because she never pretended that from being no. a child and he never pretended either. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. they were still able to find some sort of friendship. In yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah. Uh, interestingly, what I, my observation was something that might sound like it's going against what you're saying, but I don't think it does. I just think it's different. What I noticed about him and I was impressed by it, was that he was able to cry in front of his friends. Do you remember, like, in the bar when they're getting drunk and he's sobbing away? And they weren't teasing him or being nasty to him. They're more like, they're their old chap kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah, but it's something... 
there was another friend that broke up and and, and he was crying and they were consoling him. Yeah. So he probably found safety in friendships. Yes, and in male friendships, you know, we have a mental health epidemic and we're often talking about how men in society are often persuaded to not show their emotions or influenced to not show their emotions. So, so to see men sharing them and supporting each other was really yeah. nice because that's what we need. Yeah. But, and actually, now that you say that, actually, sorry, Belinda. No, not at all. He had, he had his friends. She, they, there was not much about her friends, but she was <laughs> talking to her mom a lot. Like she, well, she was on the phone to her mom, and then she went away on a retreat, a writer's retreat. Whereas for him, his he had his friends were just talking, or those banter, drinking, they're going out, they're doing this. Um, if they, you know, the film showed him going out, showed him doing things, you know being this being that whereas her focus was just like you know i just realized that yeah we didn't get to see any of her friends or anything like that um yeah he was an alcoholic working um, Mm. specific hours and he probably had to be more freedom to build a social life we didn't see her go on dates she just met this guy the right yeah yeah (laughs) and locked it in yeah. yeah no definitely definitely yeah so then kind of that kind of feels like balance as well in a way because it feels like even though um pardon me even though his life kind of seemed more restricted more controlled more this more traditional he was like he was he had kind of some form of happiness in a way and whereas hers, she was very open, very this, very that, but we didn't see that. Maybe it was the writer's decision, but you didn't see that kind of part of Nora away from him. The Nora we saw was just when she was always with him, when she was with her husband and talking to her mum. Like these, so she had people, like specific relationships. Whereas for him, he was like, yeah, okay, yeah, my friend, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and he meets someone else as his, just because he's going out. So he goes out yeah. to a restaurant and he meets someone else. Whereas for her, she's so focused on her work, I'd say. Um, she goes on this writer's retreat. That's why she meets her husband. Obviously, they married because... <laughs> Uh, not too funny to give it all away, but they married for certain reasons. And then obviously they just, yeah, they stayed together. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's quite, I just realized that. That's quite interesting, actually. That. Yeah, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, though, that often when, if we're, if we're comparing types of lifestyle, in your image of your nine to fiver, which is kind of like what he was, um, you do have the, you go to work, then you maybe have a drink with your mates and then you go home, watch the <laughs> football or the telly. And like, you know, you have this sort of routine, common lifestyle. And then with her in academia or in some sort of passion, even I don't know, even acting really, often you're, the people you spend time around are the people who are excited about the same things that you are. 
with your writer's retreat. So I don't think one's better than the other um, either. Because I felt like her career, you know, she, she, she wasn't massively successful. Um, and he wasn't, I, don't, I think he mentioned something about knowing that he's always going to be of a certain um, income bracket. And so yeah. it wasn't really money that they were sort of yes. going after. I think no. it was mm. some sort of happiness in their life, find happiness. And Nora mm. seems to have found, found it in her husband and her career that she's building. And I think he was just a reminder of, hmm, could this be a possibility? Could there be more? Or, or I think as a whole, there's just uh, there's a bigger picture with Nora being with her husband and in America and chasing her career and, and perhaps it's just your unknown with, with him and the devil you know is better than what you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in yeah. my mind, maybe we can final thoughts is we could sort of create a, another engine. Like, well, what would be, <laughs> if you could create an alternative engine, what would it be? I'll go first. In my mind, Nora leaves her husband, goes with him, and she goes, she goes back to South Korea or Seoul and they start a family because it's probably the type of guy that's like, all right, I want kids now. Let's start. <laughs> Let's start. And, uh, and then she lives happily ever after. And her husband is like a cool friend. They become writing partners. And... <laughs> in my mind, they, okay, in my mind, she has a bold moment where she's like, okay, yes, I want to be with you, Jung, but only if you move here and if you do something with your life, <laughs> you pursue some sort of dream. However, he doesn't go on to fulfill this dream and she realizes that actually his lack of activity, his inertness is bringing her down and she starts to feel quite alone mentally within the relationship and regrets breaking up with her husband and ends up alone <laughs> they all end up alone <laughs> there you go nice cheery ending <laughs> <laughs> oh wow uh, how do i top that um i don't know for me i feel like in my mind i think she was miserable for a few months about it but I think because of that conversation she had with him and the breath letting go and then just letting go but being able to accept that so then they just stayed friends mine is like oh pulling get over it but they stayed friends and, yeah but, but they stayed friends because that even though they didn't probably go out for yo let's, yeah let's hang out let's go on holiday together let's do this you know um and the open invite to go to Seoul to go to whatever I think that that was um that moment at the end was just that was a that was a breakup like the proper now official breakup I think she she took it took her months to get over it and her husband wrote that story he wanted to write because he was the big bad even though he wasn't but like that kind of that was his that was the breakup and that was the the, the break the, yeah. you know 
So that for me, that's yeah. <laughs> so are you saying, sorry, that Zhang and Nora remain friends? They remain friends, but they don't um, really remain, don't speak all the time. Like, you know, when we're talking about friendships that just grow apart or just something happens mm-hmm. and it filters. I think that moment at the end was the breakup of that mm-hmm. relation and realizing it's never going to be, it's never going to happen. And she's and happy she, with her husband? I think she is because okay. I think she's she is. And like that crime, being able to openly cry in front of him, realizing how hard that was, how much that for me, that means that means so much because it shows how much he loves her, her husband loved her. And her being able to open up that, realizing that, you know, she loved this person. It's not like she denied it. Like, but she, that kind of love, she didn't know what kind of love it was. And so that moment when it happened, realizing that just, that's, that's happened, that's gone. Maybe it would have been beautiful. I don't know, but I need to accept that. And I think she does. I think that's how I'd like to think she accepts that, cries for like months and then eating chocolate, putting on weight. And... <laughs> wow. Is this wow being in a relationship? Knowing your wife is literally mourning her love. (laughs) She's stage. One last thing I observed where I was Mm. hoping she would get back with her was they they didn't have any kids. And so I thought it's probably why I don't have any kids. Uh (laughs) I kept hoping, I kept holding up to hope. But anyway, (laughs) thank you both so much for making the time to talk about past lives. And um, please talk about your podcast, Let's React. And I'd love to be on your podcast at some point. Please share any your social media, where we can find you, your podcast, and what you've got coming up. Uh, Yeah, uh, um, I'll do the admin bits. Belinda will do the socials. (laughs) No, um, yeah, so yeah, we, um, Belinda, uh, co host Let's React podcast. And it is, as you hear it, basically, we're on Instagram. Um, we fairly recently joined TikTok. And, um, yeah, we're mainly on Instagram, though. And we uh, we have, uh, like, you can shout out, reach out to us. We just talk about, we're on, we're on, uh, start again. Yeah. So, yes. Let's React podcast, which um, myself and Belinda co-host, um, is basically uh, on all major platforms. Whichever one you listen to, you should be able to find us on there. And yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, go on, Belinda. Yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just to tell you a little bit about it, let's react podcast. It's re hyphen at because it's funny because we're so funny it is a podcast in which we explore the journeys of initially it was black artists within the entertainment industry but we've expanded it actually to global majority artists or and anyone who is unrepresented so yeah whether that be because of their sexuality or because of their the way they their minds work or their bodies work if there are any impediments to being 
embraced by the industry we want to know their stories so we are talking to lots of different people whether it's writers actors makeup artists producers just anyone and we just want to hear a little bit about the work they're doing about their journey about the struggles and the wins that they've had and get inspired by each other and it's just one big network and like Pauline says we are on all major platforms don't forget the little hyphen yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know what book remind me of this group called um hashtag booked do you know of them hashtag booked have you heard of them two american ladies who are actors they they came to the UK to study and then mm. they went back and they document their journeys was, you know, their acting gig. And so they make spoofs of their experiences. And, and if, if you guys watch them, you can probably, you can be like, oh, wow, this is like an open version of us in a way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I haven't listened. I'll have a look. Yeah. I don't, they don't do podcasts. They just document their journey. And ah, okay. They spoof. right got you yeah (laughs) yeah they look they look nothing like youtube just the the vibe amazing oh we got good vibes thank you yeah (laughs) yeah we like to think that we do because that yeah that's one of the things that um i guess it's trying to figure out where we fit in as well uh in this podcast world in the world that we we're in um and i suppose like when you know when we're in like the the it's usually like people who are in brackets that you put in a bracket you're putting in a box uh, a certain way any creatives and stuff like that so like listening to their journeys listening to other people's journeys it's always nice to see people like to know this the journey don't they people like to know the story um of where you started where you're going and uh, then laugh and cry with you we hope when you get to <laughs> the bit that you start to be like oh okay this is cool um but yeah i lost my train of thought so there you go let's react yes let's react <laughs> very much both of you for taking the time and uh this is the real happy hour podcast We're available on all streaming um sites and available to watch on youtube please like and subscribe and we will be back again. But wait, one thing I want to do, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you like ask um, a question for like the next guest? Because you know, yeah, yeah, just ask, ask a question that you would like to yeah. answer. <laughs> it could be can, we have, can we have one each? Yes. Okay, great. I'm gonna meditate on that. It's gonna meditate anything, on that. Anything in my life. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the uh reason for existing know, yeah like, sure a nice easy question like that that's yeah, deep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um i will go with um what was the last thing you thought about that made you go hmm <laughs> 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 and that could be anything so I love that <laughs> <laughs> and my question would be if you could go back and visit yourself aged five 
what would you say to yourself? Mm, nice. Love it. Love it. Thank you both so much. <laughs> Thank you. It was happy. You delivered. It was a very happy hour. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's been great having you on the Real Happy Hour podcast. Honestly, it's been fab. Thank you so much.